fantastic what is it a wednesday hope you're having a fantastic wednesday so i just wanted to quickly do a stream here on an important topic i've i've talked about it before but basically what you have is you have many catholic converts uh, from protestantism very excited about uh the switch that they've made and they want to start debunking their former ways if you want to put it like that they really despise a lot of the religion of their youth uh, coming from protestantism they think it's uh shallow they think it's uh it, it leads to a immoral way of life uh due to the certain emphases that they may have had in their religion of their youth and often this can lead to simplistic formulations of the way in which one differs from their former way of thinking. And one of these has to do with justification is you get this very simplistic model. So on the one hand, you have Catholics believing in justification by faith and works, or even uh, such statements as, well, initial justifications by faith, final justifications by works. That isn't necessarily right either. On the other hand, you have uh, Protestants who have justification by a certain uh, fiduciary faith, and, and, and that's all that matters, is making this distinction. Well, we have to understand on the one hand that we're defining the term faith differently. Uh, Catholics are defining it as what's called fides formata, or formed faith. So we, when we say faith is not enough, we're talking about the ascent of the intellect onto uh, certain propositions. And we're saying that the faith that does justify is faith which is uh, inflamed uh, by charity, faith working by love. And then on the other hand, when Protestants define faith, they're, des they're describing it as a certain type of trust, which includes uh, many different affections. It includes uh, contrition for one's uh, former sins, uh, also known as repentance. Uh, it includes uh, belief. It includes trust. It includes many different uh, types of affections. Then also when it comes to justification, what is that uh, justice which is affected uh, in justification? Protestants are going to uh, regard the union as uh, uh, foundationally uh, legal. And then from that uh, union uh, flows uh, true justice uh, in what's called sanctification. With Catholics, they're going to view uh, union with Christ itself as uh, that foundation uh, from which flows a, a participation in our soul in the divine life. 
and then that participation of the soul in the divine life is that which um that which brings us to justice before god so when it comes to all of these terms and that little uh that little synopsis i gave might not be enough it's, it's a little bit difficult but i actually came across uh something by saint thomas this morning uh, which was very helpful from his commentary on Romans. And I think the way which he explains it, um, because really, and this is going to be controversial, everybody believes that we're justified by faith alone. Everybody believes we're justified by works also. It's really just a matter of the definition of terms. Because Protestants have in their Bibles, the book of James, which says that uh, we're not justified by faith alone, but also uh, by works. But they uh, rightly point to the fact of what does justification mean there? What do faith? What does faith mean there? What do do works mean there? We have to define each one of those terms. And every single Catholic in the world has uh, we are justified by faith and not by works of the law in their Bibles. What does justification mean there? What do uh, works of the law mean there? What does faith mean there? We have to be very precise about our terms. And this is something which St. Thomas actually uh, helps us by in this section. But before I actually get in the text, I just wanted to recommend a book to you. So Brief Introduction to the Development of Doctrine by Father Thomas Gilby. Uh, he was a 20th century translator of St. Thomas who put together this little work introducing uh, St. Thomas's teaching on the development of doctrine. Very interesting. It's a very quick read uh, in link below. And also, if you wanted to discuss this topic more, um, you can join the Discord. There's a link below. Um, there's a little bit of a barrier of entrance. Uh, I just made a $2 a month Patreon tier uh, to get the link. So if you go there, that's where you can get it. But this discussion uh, from St. Thomas comes in the midst of his commentary in the Book of Romans. So this is going to be uh, Chapter 2, Lecture 3. And if you're wondering what website this is, this is Aquinas.cc. So in the midst of the text, uh, this is uh, right here. For it is the hearers of the law are not just before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. St. Thomas rightly points out, but this point seems to contradict with his own statement below that by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified before him. Consequently, nobody is justified precisely for doing the works of the law. So in another place, St. Paul, actually in the same epistle, he says both that the doers of the law will be justified. And he also says that by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified before him. So what does he mean by these terms? Because obviously uh, the book is inspired, so it can't be interiorly uh, contradictory. But on the other hand, uh, even from a purely natural point of view, St. Paul was an idiot. He didn't just... Uh, just throw out contradictions within one chapter of each other. So, so what's going on here? So here's how St. Thomas deals with this issue, of being very precise with our language of what we mean. So he says the answer is that justification can be taken in three ways. In one way, in regard to reputation, then one is said to be justified when he is regarded as just. You have made your sisters appear justified, i.e. by representation, Ezekiel 16.51. In the sense, the doers of the law will be justified, that is, are considered just before God and men. So, in the first way we can speak of justification, we can uh, speak of the appearance before people. So, how we appear before God and men. So, by doing works of justice, 
So doing good things before people, or even uh, if you're doing that which is uh, just before God, it would be seen as just. This is, this is relatively easy to accept. That in one sense, yes, we are justified by works of the law because we appear so before other people. In the second sense, by doing what is just, this man went down to his home justified because the publican performed a work of justice by confessing his sin. The story uh, in the gospel of the Pharisee and the publican, the Pharisee went in, I'm so great that I, I'm so glad, thanks be to God, that I'm not like this uh, poor publican over there. Um, thank you, God, that I'm so righteous. That, that's what the Pharisee was doing. But the, the publican, he said, have mercy upon me, a sinner. So from this, he went down to his home justified. Now, what is meant by justified here? Does it mean merely uh, appearing or having a reputation of justice? No, it doesn't. It means something different. By justified here means that the publican performed a work of justice by confessing his sin. In this way is verified the statement that the doers of the law will be justified, i.e. by performing the justice of the law. So what is meant here is that uh, simply a work of justice is performed. You do something just, you are said to be justified. The publican was justified because he confessed his sin. So that's the second way in which we can use justify. And I think in both of these first two ways, Protestants and Catholics uh, shouldn't have too much disagreement. We can have the appearance of justice. We can do things that are objectively just. And in those two senses, we can uh, be said to be justified by works. Now, the third way, the third way is where we get into some fun. And this is going to make uh, quite a few Catholics uncomfortable. And that's fine because we need to make sure that rather than uh, repeating certain rote formulas uh, that we may not understand, but that we actually investigate into the nature of our doctrinal uh, statements. In a third way, justification can be considered in regard to the cause of justice. So that which makes us just, this is actually what most mean by justification. So that which makes us just before God, is it works or is it faith? This is usually uh, what is meant here. How do we go uh, from being someone who is a son of wrath, a child of wrath, as St. Paul says in Ephesians, to a son of God? How does one make that transition? And this is what uh, St. Thomas says. In a third way, justification be considered in regard to the cause of justice, so that a person is said to be justified when he newly receives justice. So St. Thomas and other places calls this a certain movement. We move from one uh, terminus, that is the terminus of sin, and we go to the other terminus, the terminus of justice, the terminus of being in a state of grace, one who uh, in, uh, in his uh, sort of state of soul, there is a uh, negative imputation in that he is forgiven of his former transgressions. And then there's also this positive uh, infusion or participation or impartation, wherein uh, one's soul is elevated uh, to a state of divine justice. 
in that the nature of our soul by sanctifying grace participates in the nature of God. And then this flows over into all of the faculties of our soul in the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, and then also all of the infused moral virtues. And then this float, these are perfected by the gifts of the Holy Ghost, and uh, they flow forth in the in the Beatitudes. So uh, I think I got a bit off track there. But in the third way, justification can be said in regard to the cause of justice, so that the person is said to be justified when he new, newly receives justice. That goes from sin to justice. It must not be dis uh, supposed, this is very important, it must not be supposed, however, that the doers of the law are justified as though acquiring justice through the works of the law. So we don't acquire this justice. And how would we acquire this justice? How would you acquire the justice that is found in a participation in the supernatural life of God? How would you acquire that? How could you uh, acquire that through works of the law? How could that be done? It's impossible. You can't acquire that. That is something which needs to be imparted or needs to be infused. That's not something you can, uh, through some sort of uh, effort of your own, uh, bring upon yourself. And then he clarifies what he means by works of the law, actually, here. Because some may object, well, actually, uh, St. Paul is just speaking about ceremonial works, the works of the, the Jewish law. He's not speaking about moral works. But St. Thomas here clarifies, this cannot be accomplished either by the ceremonial works. So why can't it be accomplished by the ceremonial works? Why can't it be accomplished by circumcision? Why can't this be done? Why can't it be accomplished through um, the certain sacrifices of the old law? He explains, which confer no justifying grace. So the, um, the uh, St. Paul says in Galatians that the, the certain ceremonies of the old law, the works of the old law are needy elements or beggarly elements. Why are they, they these needy elements, which do not justify? Because they did not, they were not causes of grace. They were not causes of grace. They presented certain signs, and therefore they can be called moral occasions of grace. That in contemplating, uh, for example, the sacrifice of the lamb, we may not be able, we may be able to contemplate the future coming uh, in sacrifice of Christ. That is true, but they're not causes of grace, like the sacraments, the new law, of baptism, uh, the Eucharist, and the rest. So ceremonial works. The circumcision, the keeping of certain dates, all, all of that, they, they cannot be, uh, they cannot confer justifying grace. What is justifying grace? It's that participation in the nature of God, which flows forth into all of the virtues and gifts and beatitudes. So that does not justify us. On the other hand, the moral works don't. The moral works do not. And this is the big, uh, for a lot of people, the big shock right here. Moral works do not justify. Moral works do not justify. And of course, by justify, he's referring to the movement of the soul from a state of sin to justice, which making very clear. That's what I mean here. That's what St. Thomas means here. Or, or by the moral works from which the habit of justice is not acquired. Rather, we do such works in virtue of an infused habit of justice. So what is meant here? We have an acquired habit. We have an infused habit. So uh, 
a habit is one of the uh, categories of Aristotle. It's a very helpful classification. A habit is the disposition of something. So, for example, you may have the uh, disposition towards the uh, sin of lust, let's say. That would, that would be the habit that you have towards lust, uh, specifically the habit of your sensitive appetites towards um, a certain lesser good. That is the, 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 the lesser good of um, sensual pleasure. That is a, uh, said to be a vice specifically. So you can get these habits actually in two different ways. The normal way we get it is through acquired habits. So if you think about it, um, if you drink a lot, uh, a lot of different times, uh, or let's say uh, you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, three meals a day, every single day for a year. Through your continual uh, gluttonous acts, your gluttonous works, you're going to acquire the habit or the vice of gluttony. That's, that's how you uh, become gluttonous. Is this the way in which we become just before God? No. You don't, uh, over time, um, through, well, become just uh, before God in the fact of nearly receiving justice. You don't uh, go through, like, three years of, um, I don't know, let's say, uh, giving food to poor people. You don't go through three years of feeding the poor. And then from these three years of feeding the poor, uh, after you have uh, fed your thousandth poor person, you all of a sudden go, th go from a state of sin to a state of justice. And all of a sudden, your former sins are forgiven and you begin to participate in the divine life. No, that's not how that happens. Rather, it is said to be an infused virtue. We're not justified by works of justice, but by the infused habit of justice. What is, what is meant by that? What's meant by an infused habit of justice? So when it comes to the disposition of our soul, rather than something being built up over time by repeated acts, like we may have with our uh, vice of gluttony that we talked about earlier, when it comes to certain virtues, they are directly, uh, the, the soul is directly changed to be ordered towards something else. It's directly changed in a moment. It's illumined uh, by divine grace. And it's said to be, uh, in another place, said to be beatified uh, by divine grace. It's said to be uh, made beautiful. Uh, grace is the beauty of the soul, as the, as the gloss says. So rather than uh, being something which over time, over a bunch of different works, you acquire, since it is something that is supernatural, and since that we are ordered away from it uh, due to our sinfulness, there's two the, the two causes uh, because of our sinfulness and because of the fact that we are uh, we are natural and we cannot bring ourselves up from our state of nature to a state of grace because grace is something which is supernatural. Otherwise, we'd be Pelagians. So because of these, God needs to work within us. It needs to be an infusion of grace uh, within us. And principally, this is said to be the infusion of sanctifying grace. So sanctifying grace 
is uh, said to be a certain uh, accidental form. It is uh, more properly an entitative habit. What this means is that it's a certain a change in the nature of your soul to where the nature of the soul begins to participate in the divine nature. Just as uh, we may think of uh, steel, which is heated by fire, and then steel itself takes upon itself a certain uh, similitude or a certain likeness of the nature of that fire, although it doesn't uh, become completely transformed into that fire. So also our soul, uh, there's a certain communication of, um, of the divine nature, not make, turning us into God, but by causing us a certain likeness to God. Uh, as, as it said, uh, be holy as I am holy. And then our soul doesn't only have a nature, our soul has certain powers. We have certain uh, faculties. And uh, this, this uh, sanctifying grace in the nature of the soul flows forth into all of our faculties. So it flows forth into our intellect. And this is the virtue of faith. Uh, when it comes to the object being God, it's also uh, said to be the virtue of prudence uh, in a natural way. And then we look at the will. Um, it is the virtue of supernatural charity uh, when it comes to uh, God. And then it's also uh, the virtue of justice when it comes to men. We have not only um, the infused theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. We also have the infused uh, moral virtues which is going to be uh, uh, prudence, justice, temperance, fortitude. And then, uh, because there's certain imperfections uh, in some of these faculties, we have the gifts of the Holy Ghost, which make us docile to the, the direct and immediate working of the Holy Ghost within us, which raises us up beyond uh, merely uh, ordinary, ordinary, uh, workings of grace, but bring us uh, forward to the perfection of the life of grace, which is found in um, in the superior acts of contemplation. So, so that that's that's the way in which we are conceiving justification. Is justification really uh, and truly is a, a full union and conformity uh, to the life of Christ uh, by uh, by faith. Okay, so that that's basically all. Uh, that's ba if you want to talk about it more. Uh, if anybody is part of the Discord, uh, you can surely talk to me about it. But I will see you guys later. God bless.